and welcome to episode 193 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Fallon. And I'm your co-host, Joel Fallon. And on this episode, we're going to take a look at some rebellions, starting with The Birth of a Nation, which inspired the top five for this episode. And uh, we're also going <laughs> to... We obviously got caught off short on the last episode <laughs> uh, when we were going to talk about the Super Bowl commercials. We'll get them out of the way. But uh, yeah, this is the uh, first podcast since we had some technical difficulties, but we're back, baby. Yeah. And if that happens again this week, that means one of us is dead. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we are recording in the same place at the same time for the first <coughs> time since I've moved to my new house. So this is yeah. exciting. It's been a while. I can see you when I'm talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I might get I some I can know cues. when you're like, Ugh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to say. Save me! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, we did promise we would talk about the Super Bowl commercials <laughs> two or three weeks ago, whenever that was, but we're finally getting to them now. We'll get them out of the way. First, Super Bowl 51, Falcons-Patriots. It's kind of a dud. Yeah. I mean... Not worth watching. <laughs> no, it was obviously one of the great... I can't remember if we talked about the actual Super Bowl or not. I can't remember. We might have mentioned it. But, but. Uh, yeah. Obviously, greatest comeback in the history of the Super Bowl, first ever overtime game. Uh, it was a great game overall because Patriots were losing for so long. Yeah. And then they came back to win, which is exciting, at least. Yeah, the game is very symbolic of America. <laughs> I've heard people say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see their point. I, see their I point. have thought of it like that way, but not like totally conscious, consciously. Like, But, yeah. Yeah. Everyone I was see the symbolism. For the Falcons. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the, there was actually a lot of Super Bowl t- movie and TV uh, commercials slash trailers. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch, I think I watched one or two actually during the Super Bowl. I watched the rest online, some before, some after. I caught, I was working at the time, so I didn't always have time to sit there and watch everything, but I caught a few of the things, I caught bits and pieces of others, and... I the one I did happen to see the whole thing of was Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, let's start with that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is um, another look. It's not. It comes out in April, I think. Right? It's not too no, far it's away. It's March. Is in it March? March? Yeah. yeah it's cool. like March twenty seventh or something. It looks good. It does look pretty good. The more I see of it, the more I'm like my skepticism is uh, fading away a little bit. Yeah, I was walking um, towards the bathroom, and there was a TV right before you go to the hallway, and I'm like. Holy crap, they have a Ghost in the Shell Super Bowl trailer. <laughs> they hit the big time. Yeah. I mean, Scarlett Johansson, last time she led an action movie was Lucy, which made a lot of money. So yeah, and hopefully. I remember I liked her performance and all that. And it, movie. It wasn't a great movie. No, though. it was like the second movie we ever reviewed. and uh, Yeah, neither of us liked it all that much, but she was good. And she's always good. Oh, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, this looks interesting. We're going to talk about sci-fi movies in the next episode, but... Plus, she looks like her... A lot. She looks. She fits the part. Yeah. Other than not being Asian, but as yeah, much, but yeah, as much as you can, sort of. <laughs> it's sort of beyond the point of Ghost in the Shell. It's kind of. She's not really human yeah, anyway. They enjoyed it, so. But um. Since then, they've had a full trailer come out. Yeah. Like a proper. I didn't watch it, but I, I heard good things. It's pretty cool. But yeah. The closer it gets, the more I'm interested. I still probably won't see it in theaters, but yeah. definitely going to check it out at some point. Uh, let's move on to a movie that actually has come out since <laughs> John Wick 2. 
Did you check this out? Um, yeah, I watched it. Um, did you ever see John Wick 1? No. I, I know you've... No, you're the one that's not big on it, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm in the minority. I didn't really like it all that much. Appreciated some of the stunt work and like the action scenes, but I just thought it was really ugly movie, visually, and a kind of dull. Hmm. And I think Keanu Reeves is... I mean, everyone obviously jokes about how he's not a great actor, but <laughs> it showed, I felt like it showed, especially in this movie. Huh. But, trailer for John Wick 2, for people that did like the first John Wick, it certainly seems like, uh, and from reviews I've heard as well, like, they upped Annie even more. If you liked the first one, you probably loved the second one. So, uh, good for John Wicky. Yeah, I've, I want to see these movies. I just... You probably like them. Action <laughs> isn't my go-to genre. It's what I like, but... Yeah. Alright, uh, Transformers, The Last Night. We already talked about the first trailer that came out for it, but they had a, obviously a little TV spot for the Super Bowl, and I s still feel the same, basically. Yeah. Um, for the fifth movie in Transformers franchise, it looks surprisingly decent. Yeah. To me. I mean, I... know I, it's going to be terrible. I really, <laughs> really don't like these movies, so, I mean, whenever if I just see Transformers, I'm going to say garbage yeah. immediately, but of all of them, this looks the most interesting for the most part. Yeah. Or at least maybe plot-wise the best made or something. Or at least that's kind of what they are maybe trying to convey. But I'll say again, for Transformers fans, it seems like, you know, if that's what you're into, it's probably, you're probably going to like it. Mm. It doesn't look any more terrible than the other one, so we'll see about that. Another movie that came out since the trailer was A Cure for Wellness. Yeah, um, I think yeah, I think it just came out this past weekend. Didn't do very well, but this was the Dane DeHaan led, like, what do you say, psycho thriller horror ish yeah. type thing, which isn't getting great reviews. I actually thought the the one trailer looked really cool. The uh, the one they made yeah. looked like an actual commercial, and then it kind of spliced in stuff at the end. That had me interested. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, one of my friends went and saw it. Oh, yeah? What do you think? So, uh, I asked her about it and all that, and I don't know. She said it was like... It looks weird. She heard <laughs> so much bad thing, so many bad things about it, that she was pleasantly surprised in a way, Yeah. but it was still like, all right. Yeah. It's more like visually and style-wise appealing. Yeah. I like the director, uh, Gore Verbinski, who did Rango and... Obviously, some of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, but I don't know. I, we probably won't review it on the show, but I might check it out at some point. Yeah. Speaking of Pirates of the Caribbean, let's talk about Pirates 5, <clears throat> Dead Men Tell No Tales. Even all the, like, after colon parts of the titles all sound the same yeah. <laughs> at this point. Yeah, you get them all mixed up. <laughs> uh, I'm not a big fan of these movies at all. I mean, I liked the first one a lot when it came out. I did not care for any of the uh, sequels, so it's a hard pass for me. I think I like the series more than you do. Um, I love the first one. Yeah. I think the first one is, a, for what it is, it's a great movie. Great It'll be one movie. that holds up for a long time. Uh, hot take, better than any Indiana, Indiana Jones movie, the first Pirates. I don't know about that. Because <laughs> I don't really like those movies all that much. You Bob might have to go out back after this. But, <laughs> One of uh, us might actually die. <laughs> I like... I think it's the third one. I know one of the first three I don't love. Mm -hmm. 
that's kind of a boring long movie or whatever. And then the fourth one, I People think I watched like happened. the first quarter of it. It's got mermaids it in it. Off. Yeah. <laughs> it was trash. <laughs> Another hot take. I like the fourth one better than the second or third. I mean, it's all degrees of badness in my opinion, so not that hot. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long time. I can't remember which. I know they're both flawed movies, but I remember I liked one more, a lot more than the other. Yeah. All right. Um, let's get to a movie I think... We both had on our most anticipated list, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, still psyched, even after the Super Bowl trailer. Yeah, definitely. Did nothing to dissuade my interest, and uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, we should see this one in the movies. Definitely. I would be up for that, for sure. Uh, another movie that came out since the Super Bowl, Logan. Or no, it's coming out, I'm sorry. I yeah. say it's coming out because I... The review embargo was, was lifted, and I heard everyone raving and raving about it. Really? Yeah. I, wow. A lot of people, I mean, a lot of people saying best, if not one of the best superhero movies of all time. Wow. So. You might have to see that one. <laughs> yeah, that comes out in a couple of weeks. I think it's early to mid-March. Uh, and, the tra- yeah, the trailer was great. It had Johnny Cash, I believe, like a slowed down version of his, one of his songs. Yeah. Uh, Amazing Grace or something like that. His version of Amazing Grace. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember thinking, yeah, this continues to look great. Yeah, I'm trying to think. They do do the Amazing Grace There's a song. And then there's another one. It's actually a Nine Inch Nails song that Johnny Cash covered when he was older. Right, It's real famous. Maybe that's what I'm getting. Maybe it wasn't Johnny Cash with Amazing Grace, but yeah. Yeah, they're very effective with these trailers, and apparently it's just because they got a good movie on their hands. So uh, yeah, it it looks good. from the first time I saw it, I was I'm excited to see this movie for sure. Wolverine deserves it. Uh, Fate of the Furious. Uh, <laughs> what the hell? Final Fantasy. I ever said uh, <laughs> Fast and the Furious episode eight. Uh, not the most anticipated episode eight of the of the year, but no. one of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this still looks bad to me. It looks horrible. <laughs> But, I mean, the I people that like it are going to see it. Yeah, if you like it, they're catering to you, not yeah. to me. That makes sense. So, I have no faults again, like, nothing against anyone that likes these movies or the people that make them, but... I still say if you like these movies, they've still fallen off a cliff. Yeah. I think the last one was just... I really think bad. it was one of the worst movies I've seen in a long time. <laughs> like, a, a serious movie, not, like, yeah. so good it's bad it's good. Or I've only seen 5, 6, and 7... Um, didn't like five, surprisingly liked six a little bit, and did not like seven. See, I'm the opposite. I've seen like the first like three or four. Okay. Mm. Yeah, our powers combined. We Which, are. A few of them are watchable movies. They're I'll like, take your word for it. <laughs> no, six is. They're not the worst thing in the world. They're not my cup of tea either. But Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Let's see. Uh, last movie trailer was Baywatch. Uh, which we uh, we talked about the full length trailer and uh, a lot of this was from that, but there was some new stuff and yeah, I'm still like kind of weirdly excited for it. Yeah, in a way, I, I gotta admit it's I'm interested to see how well it is. <laughs> like I saw Twenty One Jump Street was on FX uh, this weekend, this past weekend, and it just made me think. I think Baywatch is gonna is gonna follow that mold hopefully in yeah. a good way. I know a lot of people are copying off of that kind of thing, but it looks good. Yeah, I, say. I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, and then a couple TV things. Netflix had the Stranger Things season two trailer. 
Did you see that? And, uh, Actually, I don't think I saw this. It's more like a teaser, a mood piece. Oh, uh, well, I, I think I did that. <clears throat> it's like, it shows them in their Ghostbusters. It must be Halloween. They're in Ghostbusters outfits. Oh, uh, yeah, I did see that. It seems like pandering a little hard there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I like we obviously we reviewed Stranger Things Season 1. And I'm so weird about Stranger Things now because... It's, it's like so overhyped that... Yeah. <laughs> it's time for... Because it was like pleasantly surprising. Because I like, think I was the one who told you. It was like, this is... Yeah. Kind of got a good vibe to it. Yeah. Maybe review it, and all of a sudden it's the biggest thing since like. And spread. people are like obsessed with it, and I, I didn't think the monster part of it was really any good at all. I just was willing to forgive it because I yeah. kind of was enjoying everything else. But yeah, I mean, maybe our skepticism going into season two will only help us enjoy it just the same way we did the first one. Yeah. But I'm sure we got to review the second season. Obviously. Oh, for Since, sure. I'm not really rooting against it. I just don't understand like what people are. Yeah, so I don't know really why it's so it. big. Yeah, I think it was like seven or eight on my top ten for TV, and yeah, I don't know. I I like want to put it lower just because of how high everyone else is. Yeah, I just feel <laughs> like I like the aesthetics a lot more than I like the actual story and stuff. Yeah, you know, Goonies. Yeah, yeah. 80s feel. You know exactly. Uh, and the last thing was The Handmaid's Tale. This is a Hulu series. Uh, starring uh, Peggy Olsen from Mad Men. Uh, not Peggy Olsen. <laughs> That's from <laughs> Superman. Uh, the actress's last name is Olsen. The character's first name was Peggy. That's where I got that from. But uh, <laughs> Sorry, I can't remember the name, but uh, she's a great actress. and It looked really interesting and dark. Um, can't remember a ton about it, but... Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. I definitely saw this, yeah. but I can't really remember what it was about. It's enough that the title is in my head now, and I'll probably check out the first episode when it hits Hulu, since I have that uh, provider now. Oh, yeah. Service. All right, so yeah, there's our Super Late Super Bowl 51 <laughs> uh, TV commercial movie trailers reviews. Let's get to the main review of the episode, The Birth of a Nation. Starring Nate Parker and directed by Nate Parker in his directorial debut. Written by Nate Parker. Written by Nate Parker. Sexually assaulted by... Oh, wait, no, that's something else. Um, oh. <laughs> Army Hammer, Jackie Earl Hurley, or Haley, and um, some other pretty good uh, lesser-known character actors. Uh, this is the story of... Uh, God damn it, Nate I should have pulled this up. Nate not Nate Parker. It's Nat, or Nat, Nat Turner. Nat, Nat Turner. Turner. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, well, it's so close. To I can't his real believe name. I uh, just Holy said that. I had the right thing in my head, and it didn't come out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's so close to his real name that I always get them mixed up. But yeah, Nat Turner, who is a slave in looking up the Virginia. Yeah, slave in Virginia for Army Hammer's father's um, farm or whatever. Uh, Cotton farm has to be because yeah, uh, yeah. So he's a literate slave and preacher in Antebellum South. Orchestrates an uprising. He uh, he starts off like you see him when he's a kid, and his dad does something to anger the slave master or one of his peeps, and uh, <laughs> my phone is going <laughs> off. I am distracted, and he has to hide while bad things happen to his dad and family. And then you flash forward to him when he's like, uh, probably like 18, 20 years old, young adult, and he's a preacher. He learned to read from the headmistress, 
and he preaches to, I guess, other uh, farms or other slaves. Well, yeah, eventually. Oh, yeah, eventually, right. He's just a man of the of the Lord, and then eventually they get him to preach to, basically to brainwash these other slaves, right? To stay and make sure yeah, they follow the rules, and that's what God wants. And keep them from getting giddy, yeah, or something like that. That's Whatever what they, they say. were, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty fucked up. Uh, yeah, um, this uh, <laughs> That's the word. That's oh my god. Yeah, cringe. Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> this uh, movie obviously got a big, became a big splash or a hit. At Sundance 2016, got bought for $12.5 million after the Oscar So White controversy was happening around the same time. Uh, movie studios were really bidding on this because they thought there'd be like a backlash turnaround, which turns out there kind of was, but not in a forced way, which yeah. is actually really good. But this was the movie that's like, you know, this is going to be an Oscar contender no matter what. Yeah. No matter how good it is or not. And That's so, why I drafted it. <laughs> yep, he drafted it in the fall box office draft to middling returns. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, also, obviously, the Nate Parker controversy where an old story came back from when he was in college and was accused and settled out of court for sexually assaulting a woman. And that really turned people sour on the movie. Yeah, to say the least. <laughs> so... Up and down expectations-wise, what were you feeling coming in, and how did you feel after you watched it? Um, I guess by the time I watched it, I'd heard a little bit about it, so my expectations were pretty in check. But initially, I thought it was going to be a little bit more of a, uh, for lack of a better term, a little more like an epic in yep. a way. I was going to say epic, yeah. Um... It's only like an hour and a half, it's like, or even less than actually. It's a pretty short movie for such a big, grand story. Yeah, it's like yeah, an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes or something like that. Mm -hmm. It feels pretty short, but... Yeah, it's not a bad thing. It's Always. It pretty much ended up being everything I heard about it. Mm -hmm. it was Acting wasn't bad, cinematography was like pretty or whatever, ugly pretty. Yeah. But overall, the screenplay and the directing... Yeah. Kind of feels the story. Yeah, yeah. You could tell it's his directorial debut. Probably, he. I'm sure maybe he's written something else, but I can't be, like, super experienced in that regard, I would imagine. It's The script-wise, it's well-written, I feel like, but in terms of how the story gets conveyed mm -hmm. in the big picture, I didn't think that Yeah, there well needed with. to be a steadier hand at, behind the director's uh, table, or whatever they sit behind the chair. Mm -hmm. Director's yeah. chair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I came in... I feel like I came with very neutral expectations. Like, I was looking forward to see what all the fuss is about, but I try not to come in like with the negative vibe in my head. Yeah, uh, I had a seventy-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which it started off way higher than that, and then slowly dwindled down to there. Mm -hmm. Overall, I'd say it's a great story, a story that deserves and needed to be told. Yeah, glad it, it was. That's awesome. Glad it was put to uh, celluloid. You know. Yeah. But yeah, just. Technically, or from a craft perspective, it could have been so much more. Could have been so much better. Yeah, I mean, they really fall into a pit kind of early because they're trying to establish the fact that he, like, learned how to read. Which I think is important, but it ends up not really... Like, the way they show it, at least, like, with him coming inside. Which is, it's crazy. Like, that lady is the nicest person in the world towards them in this period of time. Yeah. She still says, like... 
oh, you can read. That's amazing. You're gifted. But he looks at the regular books. She's like, oh, no, you can't read. Yeah, you won't be right. Able to understand those or something <laughs> yeah. like that. But I got, a, got one for you. Yeah. It's like yeah. heart in the right place, but God. Still, yeah, I know. But they really fall into it like the first half of the movie is just, it doesn't even really end up being build up. Yeah, exactly. It's And it doesn't really make sense why, like, the guy who's his slave master or whatever, who's treats him halfway decent, at least in, like, the beginning, just all of a sudden is like, we need to... Yeah, that turn is a little weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, like, it just doesn't really make much sense, which maybe in real life it didn't have to. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... I mean, there's not really any spoilers, I would say. Um, no, not really. I don't think so. So we'll, we'll be, uh, we'll just come out with quote-unquote spoilers. So if you are sensitive to that, you could turn it off or skip ahead. But, yeah, Army Hammer starts off as, like, his, his, like his best friend growing up as kids. He probably doesn't know any better of what the actual situation is like at first. Yeah. And then when they're both young adults... They still seem pretty friendly. Like, he clearly treats him better than anyone else. If anything, the impression I get in the beginning is that they kind of put him on an act a little yeah. bit when they're in public. Yeah, but. yeah. And it seemed like this was going to be, like... I thought it would have been much more interesting if it was, like, Army Hammer was slowly being, like... Like, each, basically showing each generation gets more progressive as it, it goes on. Yeah. And then just show that he just gets caught up in this rebellion anyway. And has to be killed just as a consequence. But it turns out he basically just turns pure evil. Like, I mean, maybe not pure evil, but he goes yeah. hard in another direction. He makes his choice. And maybe that's another thing that didn't... Because they basically show, like, one dinner party and he's, like, a different person. Mm -hmm. Maybe they should have showed it where he was... His upstanding in the community was growing. At least show... And that changed him, you know That he I mean? was, like, conflicted inside. Yeah. Like, there was nothing... That really showed that, other than that first scene when he comes out from the party, you know, all drunk. But after, but after that, it's like he's just one of these other assholes. Yeah. You know. Um, I will say that for a directorial debut, a very ambitious film to make. For sure. For you've never even made a movie. I'm sure he's made short films, but I mean, this is like a grand scale epic, and uh, but it's just really heavy handed. It's yeah, it's very yeah, it blunt. Definitely is. It's hits the nail on the head, which isn't necessarily always a bad thing, but it just, every turn and move was, you just saw it coming a mile away. Yeah. Um, let's see. I, I liked how there is some, like, you're rooting for this rebellion, right? You're rooting for these people to murder these assholes. Yeah. And you're also rooting for Army Hammer to, like, come back around or, like, Fight for what's right, even though you know, just yeah. from what the movie is in the back of your head, that's not going to happen. I like that, I don't know, there's some, certainly some interesting stuff there, where you're rooting for people to be murdered, just because of how bad, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, it's yeah. just weird, I don't know. But at the same time, they show you some pretty graphic stuff. Oh yeah, that like final, chiseling the, the actual rebellion and, itself, Oh yeah, was pretty brutal. Oh. Which, uh, another little positive point that all that shot pretty well for the most part some of the bigger fights you could see a lot of the uh 
you know, switching frames really quickly, you know, so it looks yeah. more realistic. Like, that stands out. But I thought that, like, the vibe of it was for the most part good. I feel good. like it had its moments. I could see this guy, uh, Nate Parker, getting better over time, for sure. Yeah. I just thought, like, I thought it was kind of ugly. <laughs> like, I didn't like the way that the film looked or the movie looked. As hmm. far as color grading and stuff like that. I don't know. It just See, I kind of liked it because I just thought it fit, you know, like yeah. Virgin, that area of Virginia is much like rural Maryland. Just with, compare the way that this movie looked to like 12 Years a Slave. Uh, well, I haven't seen Django Unchained. Like that. Django Unchained is just beautiful to look at even though it's... But like, I also feel like all those are more in the deeper south. Than, I don't know. Yeah. But... Fair enough. I'm more talking about the vibe of, and all of it. Like, it's not perfect. Uh, one positive thing is they should have showed this more, but the building of the tension between the slate, like, at one point you see, like, his buddy, like, holding the log, like, and kind of gives him the look, like, yeah. you want to go? Like, yeah. Yeah. And they kind of wait. Yeah, um, I don't want to shit on the movie. Like, it has. Yeah, because feeling. actually, I enjoyed it more than I thought it would. Yeah, me too. Um,. We talked about how there was not a gradual turn for Army Hammer's character, but I thought for Nate, uh, Nat Turner himself, pretty uh, pretty good job. Yeah, of showing how he went from like actually full on believer to leading a rebellion. That's probably the strongest aspect. Yeah. of the movie story wise, mm -hmm. and how that it takes him a while to turn the, it does. that corner. Yeah, which I'm glad because that would seem kind of weird if it just happened suddenly, right off the, off the jump. Yeah. But they kind of show how that Stockholm Syndrome just kind of loses its hold and, and fades away the yeah. more he sees. It's cool how they how did it the go. sermons, too, mm -hmm. like originally. And they're just kind of like, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, he catches on. He's smart. He knows exactly what they're yeah. using it for, and he kind of turns it on its head. And they all know, like all the slave people know exactly what he's saying. Yeah, all the... right. So, yeah, that's some, actually some interesting stuff there with the use of God, like, this is a man of God, but he's also a man of action, or a man of murder, eventually. Like, yeah. that's some conflicting beliefs right there. But, and, uh, yeah, just the way that he uses the religion as a weapon was really... That, like, that's why I think if this had a better, different director, like, yeah. it could have been something special. At least someone that was the primary one, and he could have help or given yeah i mean i thought his performance was fine i would oh uh, yeah i thought the acting was fairly yeah. good in this movie yeah i would agree but right. i was gonna say there's a great line where he's talking about how they use different sermons to justify the slavery and all and he's like but i've read it all he's like there's two or three more that condemn everything they have so yeah. he actually like literally starts using it as his weapon yeah exactly yeah and um and yeah. the one last thing that i really li i liked the last scene in the movie yeah. Where it's his son looking at him, and then the next scene, you know, it zooms out, and he's fighting for the the Union. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it shows, like, the bravery he had, even knowing what the repercussions yeah. were going to be. And talk about heavy hit, and that might be a little heavy-handed, but yeah, of like, all the things, I thought that was, right. like, the coolest. Yeah, you learn from your passion, each generation, like... Which I wish they would have shown a little better of examples of, but yeah, they give it to you at the end there a little bit. Uh, yeah, but it is unfortunate to have to that I think to even compare it to Twelve Years a Slave because it's such a different movie. Yeah, I mean it's 
an action movie in the end. But just 12 Years a Slave is such a powerhouse and just so expertly done. It's hard to make a movie on the topic of slavery and not be compared to that. And Django Unchained, which I think is amazing as well. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so I'll give it a six and a half out of ten. I'm right on the money with you. Yeah. Six and a half. Strong, pretty strong six and a half. But. Yeah, I mean, I think some people are a little hard on it, but I can see where they're coming from yeah. as well. Agreed. All right, from one rebellion to the next, let's talk about our top five rebellion movies. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't make sense, but it is what it is. Um, this is a genre of movie that I was surprised how many good movies there were in it, actually. Like, yeah. I, I, some of them I didn't even think of them as rebellion movies, even though they most certainly are. Yeah, we just had this conversation a little <laughs> bit before we started. <laughs> yeah, we actually had to ask each other, is that, or does that count? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll allow it. Yeah. Not that it matters. We yeah. pretty much put whatever we want. We could put a uh, tin cup on this list and no one's going <laughs> to yeah. probably shoot us down too hard. But If I make a five-minute argument, even if it doesn't make sense, then... Yeah, exactly. What's your number five? Rebellion movie. The Great Escape. Paul Newman, I believe? No, not Paul Newman. Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen, Yes. Uh, I don't, I'm not letting that fly. That's a prison movie. That ain't no, it's like, uh, yeah. It's a POW movie, actually. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Dickhead. <laughs> I've never seen it. I've heard it's pretty great, though. It's, uh, you know, one of those older movies that my stepdad had one I didn't want to watch, but it is legitimately a good movie. It's just about them. The end's a little crazy. I'm pretty sure he jumps the fence in a motorcycle somehow. <laughs> a little bit of Fast and Furious action. <laughs> yeah. The original. But it's a really good watch. It's been a little while since I watched it, but um Yeah, I have no excuse why I haven't seen it. I know if it's not on Netflix it was at one point and I maybe it's like two and a half hours. I think it long. was. Yeah. And that might have been why I decided not to watch it, but And it's one of those older movies. It has a lot of comedy in it along with it. A lot of great actors of the time. Yeah. From what I know. Yeah, I, I wanna check it out for sure. I think Casey had it on a list or two. Uh really? Yeah. It's a good watch. It's I don't know. I'm weird about older movies sometimes. So. All right. Well, I'll one-up you. For older movies says number five. So I got Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, okay. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, now talk about long movies. <laughs> this is like three and a half hours long. It's cut up into like part one and part two, like an intermission. I heard, uh, I've heard. i heard it's incredible. Yeah, obviously. It's <laughs> a legendary, top-of-the-line movie. Um, and it, it deserves its reputation, I'm not quite as high as, as a lot of people are. I think the first half is amazing. Like, if that's all the movie was, it might be one of my favorite movies of all time. The second half is good. I'm not saying it's not, but it, uh, I don't know. It, like, the most exciting parts and the most beautiful cinematography is in the first half. So, if they kind of flipped it and reversed it, it probably would have been better. Be like but, a stronger movie, yeah. But they're going for a different message. Uh, you know, it's like he reached his high point, and now that's all. Like he's, I don't know. It, it, it's structured the way it is for a reason. But a very good movie. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Yeah, I'll definitely have. To, I mean, considered basically a classic, right? Yeah, absolutely for sure. What's your number four? V for Vendetta. I've heard of it. Yeah, uh, it's a good movie. I like this movie way more than I probably should for some reason. I like it a lot. It's honorable mention for me. Really? Yeah. And people also, I mean, it's this is an old comic book, but people also forget the time this came out was like 
extremely controversial, like not too long after 9-11 yeah. or some other Big something event. else yeah. happened. Yeah, I remember. Um, and it's, it's the Wachowskis, right? I believe they directed it. I think it. so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had Natalie Portman. I, I remember, I mean, I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember just thinking it was like a really surprisingly good movie for what it was. Yeah. I went in at the time, I was probably like teenager, but with low expectations and was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it's got a it's cool. It's got a lot going on with it. It's kind of emotional, but you could also say it's an action movie. There's a lot of build-up. I don't know. It's just, it's kind of badass is yeah. probably the best way. Bleak, futuristic, uh, dystopian type of thing. Yeah, and it's just, it's also the message is supposed to be you should never, like, give up any of your rights for freedom because it usually, if you give up your rights, you'll have less freedom in a way or something. <laughs> Sounds familiar. But uh, the whole overarching part of the story is just that because people got so scared from terrorist attacks that the government just actually does a big one. Right. Yeah. And take everything away. So. All right. But good movie. Yes, it is. My number four is a movie that I we reviewed on the film club segment when Casey was still around. Um, it's Cool Hand Luke. Cool Hand Luke. Yeah, Luke. Uh, this is Paul Newman. Not yeah. the Great Escape. Um, yeah, it, obviously I liked it um, when we reviewed it, and just uh, this is another this is a prison movie too, so very similar to Greeks. I think I've seen some of this on TV before. Yeah, oh, it's got some classic lines like, "What we have here is a failure to communicate." Oh uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. definitely seen. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched anything, <laughs> yeah. but. But yeah, uh, it it deserves its reputation as well. It's a very good movie. The Uprising, to get out of that jail. Maybe they make it out, maybe they don't, but they sure as heck are going to try multiple, multiple times. <laughs> and uh, Paul Newman was just... Everyone knows this, but man, what a guy. Yeah. Back in the day. The best. He's one of my favorites. From ever. the air? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hear you. It's easy to have that opinion, for sure. What's your number three? My number three is The Matrix. That's my number two. I'll just say it now. All right. Um, I don't know. Really, I mean, the first movie, but in terms of rebellion, you'd probably have to say, like, the trilogy in general. But, yeah, this is one of those ones that it's like, is this a rebellion movie? And if you know anything about The Matrix, which, if you don't, go fucking watch it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> But, I don't know, The Matrix is The Matrix. Your your life is a lie. That's right. <laughs> I've really seen the first one, and I still consider it a rebellion movie. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's not much to say about The Matrix. It's an iconic action movie from 1999, sci-fi. Um, yeah, and the series as a whole, it, it gets very convoluted and hard to understand that's what I hear. concepts. That's what I hear. So I highly recommend the Animatrix is beautiful in the first place, but it actually makes the story make sense. Like it shows the war between machines and men that led to essentially they keep us dreaming and we're unlimited power source. Gotcha. So that's the Matrix. <laughs> that's the Matrix. But I, I highly recommend the Animatrix. It's awesome. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. So I'm. Really, out of time. I mean, that's 
on this podcast, I've said it so many times. The guy he made Cowboy Bebop, so we'll put it together. Oh, really? But there's like six animators and six different videos. Yeah, I'm going to have to just buckle down watch the sequels at some point. Yeah, they're good watches for like a rainy day or something like that. They're long. It's yeah. like like the Lord of the Rings, how you get the special edition extended crap. Like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, my number three might be a lot of people's number one, but Star Wars: A New Hope. All right. Um, I just had the original trilogy. Yeah, yeah. In general. Yeah, because it's the story told over but, three movies, but yeah, I this agree is with the you. New Hope is like where it starts. You know, they get that little sliver of hope. Yeah. And uh, blow up the Death Star for the first time of many. Uh, yeah, classic Star Wars. You know it. You love it. Yeah. Nothing to talk about there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's my number one. All right. What's your number two? And my number two is Braveheart. Bra freedom. Freedom. I don't care if that's cheesy or not. It's awesome. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> that's an honorable mention for me as well. But, yeah, I like Braveheart a lot. Um, I did. I bought it and watched it a few months ago. It, it aged a little bit. Oh, yeah. But it's still pretty good. It's <laughs> another long movie. Yeah, very. <laughs> Rebellion movies tend to be long. That's my good, uh, like, falling asleep movie. <laughs> yeah, I think it's overrated, but still good. I'm sure we've talked about it on here before. But yeah, definitely. The battle scenes are incredible. Yeah, we just talked about it, because we did Mel Gibson movies. Yeah, so true. <laughs> we definitely have talked about it before. Um, yeah, I probably said this before, but it's kind of boring in parts, but then really good at parts. So It's certainly... Worth being on these types of lists. Yeah. My number one, because you said Star Wars is yours. Uh, you might be kicking yourself for forgetting this. Yeah. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, yeah. Well, for sure, I'm kicking myself, but I wouldn't have... That's a good point, though. It is a good They're rebellion rebelling movie. against the uh, mental institution. Oh, I love that movie. Classic. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Can you smother me with a pillow when this podcast is over? <laughs> <laughs> whatever that's like the only reference I could think of off the top of my head oh because I think that's they use that in the Simpsons version right too yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I mean it's a movie I haven't seen in a while I actually really should watch it again because it's in my top 100 of all time it, oh, it's great comedy great just everything I think this for the reputation that what what is it called uh, Morgan Freeman uh, Shawshank Redemption. Yes. Oh yeah, this is the movie that should be played a hundred times a day on uh, cable TV, and be known as the best movie of all time. I see. I don't like Shawshank Redemption that much. Me either. <laughs> I think. It, I mean, it's a good movie. It's fine. Yeah, but, but the fact that it's just on all always. the time, it should just be its own channel. I think it's crazy that it's a lot of people's like best movie ever. Yeah. I don't know. Good luck. Teach through it. Well, yeah, that's it. For me, you have any honorable mentions? Uh, the Patriot, just for the sake of rebellion. That Mel Gibson as well. Yeah, man, he's just all over our podcast. Yeah, man, he's come back. It's here's real. A, here's more in Mel Gibson news. Um, he's in consideration for Suicide Squad two director. That, His comeback is complete. That could be actually really cool. Could be interesting, but <laughs> I don't know. It's perfect. <laughs> he is one of the bad guys working with good guys now. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, my only honorable mention I hasn't been mentioned yet is uh, Battleship Potemkin, a black and white movie from 1927, mm-hmm. silent movie as well, that um, I watched because I listened to the movie podcast Battleship Pretension, which they get their name from that movie, uh. and I had those guys on the podcast like a year or two ago, I think it was like maybe two years ago, two, three years ago, geez, uh, and... For that, I watched the show that their podcast was based off of, and it's very good. It's uh, for holds up really well for a black and white. I was about movie. to say, oh man, how did I forget that one? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's short. It has that. It's like eighty minutes long. Um, it's segmented out like like by chapter, so that kind of helps too. Oh, okay. And there's like this one set piece where there's a baby carriage that falls down this huge monumental like these things of steps it just keeps going and going it's like like breathtaking for the time especially like yeah. incredible how they did it and uh yeah it's worth watching if you're willing to watch a black and white silent movie <laughs> uh, all right so what else have you been watching young pope yeah i i think well, i was saying earlier that looking back i may have skipped an episode but nothing really it's a weird series. There's not really an over... Unless it's a little deeper than I've really thought about. And there's like a bigger message. But it's sort of like soap opera-y in a way. But in a stylish, devilish kind of way. Um, it's just about this kid who happens... Or kid. I mean, he's pretty old, like I guess. 40s, 50s, right? But for a pope. <laughs> yeah. He's spry. A toddler. <laughs> but they elect him kind of because they didn't want somebody else to be the Pope or whatever. And he ends up... Basically, I don't think he he really even believes in God. <laughs> That's an interesting concept. Right there. <laughs> yeah. and But there is this other part of the whole thing where he like performed a legitimate miracle when he was a kid. And did a couple other things that were, like, a little weird to explain. Yeah. So, like, even the pe- priests who all kind of hate him are conflicted because they think he might literally be a saint, but he, they also think maybe he might destroy the church. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've heard such mixed things about it. What did you think overall? I think it's... Like, I'm not super high on it, but I can also see myself watching this again and kind of... The acting's fairly good. It's in a few languages for the most part. Mostly Latin and English. Yeah. Um, it's it's very well shot. It's well acted. But, it, I don't know. It's not something you have to go out of your way and see, either. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, there's a lot of good TV. Or not, I don't know, necessarily good. But there's a lot of TV that I'm interested in right now. Yeah. And it's like ten episodes. It's... I probably honestly will never get around to it, even though I would like to check it out at some point. It's just one of those shows that I probably never will, unfortunately. Yeah, I guess the whole show is just sort of about faith. Because it's like, people have faith in him, and then when he kind of doesn't turn around, like, you see the closest people to him lose faith in him, and I don't know. I mean, I've heard people rave about it, and I've heard people shit on it. And also, like, this isn't really, I guess towards the end, he maybe finds his faith again. But I don't know. It's not season two. Indefinite. 
No. No? <laughs> okay. Uh, that has me thinking. <laughs> but uh, did you watch the other HBO miniseries that premiered this weekend? Little or Big Little Lies? We watched the trailer. No, show. I really want to see this. Yeah, though. you should check it out. We watched the first episode last night. Very interesting. I kind of forgot when it was. Co- I knew it was coming out soon. But. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. I thought, I mean, really? obviously great actors. You got Reese Witherspoon, Laura Dern, Shailene Woodley, and Nicole Kidman, uh, Adam Scott. Like, it's got really God, great cast. cast. I mean, HBO. They can give it whoever they want, basically. <laughs> yeah. It's made by the same guy who did uh, Dallas Buyers Club and Wild. So, obviously, oh, it's wow. well directed, looks great. It's a story of these insufferable, like, yup, like upper class. <laughs> women who like stay at her mom's you know all they have is their like gossip and their you know inner relationship Money. with their kids and school and basically the first episode kind of sets up it's like goes flashes back and forth from uh when shailene woodley's characters like just arrived to the place her putting her kid into this new i guess kindergarten and then it'll flash back to a murder investigation in like interviews with people right. around the town. So and, it's like beginning and end. Yeah. And even by the end of the first episode, you don't know who was murdered. You don't know who's dead. Uh, um, but the whole time you're thinking, like, it must be her. She's dead. No, maybe it's this person. So it's kind of interesting. And then because the, the present day drama is Charlene's, Charlene Woodley's son, Ziggy, he gets accused of trying to strangle this girls this girl who Laura Dern's her mom and it kind of starts uh like she has a rash on her neck and they kind of call it out in front of all the parents because it's the orientation and it starts this big thing where Reese Witherspoon Nicole Kidman and Shailene Woodley are on one side and then Laura Dern has her like posse of moms on the other side and yeah so clearly yeah (laughs) but it's like really well acted really well done you know it's kind of not the most important drama in the world but it's interesting I'm interested to see where it goes. And because you clearly know now that, like, the murder must have at least started from this little. Oh, uh, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, sort of like the conference. grain, the seed. Yeah. The snowball that started rolling downhill. It's funny they would put two series out that are kind of like that mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. This time of year. I guess it is normally sort of dead, besides, like, second halves of seasons and yeah, exactly. stuff like that. Like The Walking Dead. Yeah. <laughs> which started back up and. I didn't realize how little I saw the first half of season seven because I'm kind of lost. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, The Walking Dead is one of those shows where if you miss one or two episodes, a lot happens. Yeah. Like, but then nothing happens at the same time. It's weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Enough that you have no idea what's going on, but at the same time, it's boring. Yeah. At times. Yeah. I mean, it's still decent. I mean, I don't mind the show. I'm not trying to crap on it. I, st- you know, but it's not my favorite. No, I feel the same way. I kind of, I think it's sort of formulaic at the yeah. point, this point. And if we're talking TV, I also watched the first two episodes of Legion on FX. Oh, okay. This is the X-Men kind of uh, show. It's the Charles Xavier's son, uh, who was fucking... Uh, he, he was in X2. He's the guy in the wheelchair, right? Or no. I don't know. Anyway, he's Charles Xavier's son in the comic books. But in the show, you don't really make mention of the X-Men or Charles Xavier or anything like that. Oh, uh, yeah. Aren't there some characters like that where it's like they don't own the rights to them as long as you don't mention who their parents 
parentage or Some, the yeah. fact that they're a mutant or something I think like they that. could if they wanted to. Like, it's certainly Fox owns the rights to the X-Men, and they talk about mutants. Who is it that's Magneto's son? Because I was reading about this last night. Quicksilver. Yeah, where Fox doesn't really Because Marvel used him because he was a part of the Avengers, but they can't say who his dad is and that he's a mutant. Yeah. It's weird. (laughs) But yeah, Legion, he's the, I forget um, the character's name, but he's got multiple personality disorder, and each one of his personalities has a different superpower. And it's made by the guy who did Fargo for FX, which I loved. And um, this is really well made as well. It's a really weird show. Like, (laughs) you don't, just like, I guess, the character, you don't know what's real, what's not. It's kind of all over the place. But it's, like, at the same time, really captivating and well done. So Hmm. I'm going to, it's only eight episodes. I'm definitely going to see it through. I might see this. It seems like that kind of stuff, maybe. Yeah, at least Why, watch the first like, episode, see yeah. how you feel, for sure. All right, again, well, I got a couple movies here. Um, I watched The Red Turtle, which is that animated movie that got nominated at the Oscars. It's a Studio Ghibli co-promotion. Oh, yeah. Is this a short? It's like 80, 90 minutes. Oh. It's kind of short, but it's not a short short. Um there's no dialogue whatsoever in the entire movie. It's uh, got this really cool art style where it's just Sky who's stra- it's like Castaway, animated Castaway, kind of with some a little bit of supernatural elements. This guy's stranded on a beach, and it's basically just him trying to figure out a way out. And then eventually, this like red turtle shows up, and he flips it on his back, and he's like killing it, like I guess for food or whatever. But after it dies, like. It transforms into a woman, and they kind of fall in love. It's weird to describe it. It's actually it's really good. It's really good. Huh. Um, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, it's. I don't think Studio Ghibli is the main source behind it, but they definitely have their name attached in some capacity. Hmm. So got that stamp of quality. Um, but yeah, I liked it a lot. I give it a heavy seven and a half. If you're into animation whatsoever, worth checking out. It's a quick, easy watch. Also watched Your Name. The, uh, oh, did you? Yeah, with the animated... Is the dub out? Or are you, like, watching it? In- yeah, I watched it with subtitles. Um, it's good. Um, didn't love it as much as, like, all the heavy buzz was, you know, leading me to believe, but yeah. certainly is a good movie. It's- well, I did hear someone say that, like, if you're not already well-established with anime and some of the cultural tropes yeah. and this and that with Japanese culture, that some of it might... That, that makes land. sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah, so it's the story of these two people, this boy, young boy, young girl, or I guess early adulthood. Um, they wake up one day, and like out of nowhere, or no, they wake up in the other person's body. So it's like... Oh, it starts that way. Basically. Okay. Essentially. The guy wakes up. But I guess when it first happens, you don't know that it's him. And he starts rubbing his boobs like, <laughs> what the hell? And... Looking in the mirror, uh, it got into, like little quirky, funny stuff like that. But then the story kind of goes where they like leave each other clues. They don't know if it's real or what's not. And there's like a bunch of twists actually, like mid- midway through towards the end. There's some twists that are pretty crazy. So I, I can see where the love is coming from. But I'd recommend it, but I, I just, it's not my favorite animated movie of the year or anything. Okay. I like the Red Turtle a little bit better as far as these two are concerned, but. It's better than Finding Dory and stuff like that. The one I want to see is, uh, 
I don't know if it got nominated or not. Something in the Beast. I forget. I almost bought this the other night. It's a shame I can't. Think Beauty of it. and the Beast. It's not Beauty. <laughs> I'll look it up at some point. <laughs> yeah. I, there's the only one that's nominated that I haven't seen is My Life as a Zucchini. Uh, I, don't, no. I don't even know what that's about, but <laughs> interesting to say at least. Uh, let's see. I also watched Under the Shadow, which is an Iranian horror movie that's available on Netflix. You remember The Babadook? Yeah. We reviewed it with Edgar and Casey, the only time we had four people on the show. Uh, until a couple of episodes from now. Uh, maybe. Um, but this is basically the Iranian version of the Babadook. Okay. Um, is it in Iran- yeah. Farsi or whatever yeah, they yeah. speak? <clears throat> this family, they live in... It's during like, the war times. What, who, Iran versus Iraq, right? Is that... Yeah. They were battling it out. And for some reason or another, for, for political reasons, like this woman, this wife, she wanted to become a doctor... But because of some kind of role she played during the conflict, like, she's banned from even going to school. Wow. So she can't follow her dreams, so she has to stay at home with her, her daughter. And then her husband gets called away either for military purposes or for work purposes, something like that. So she's alone in their condo with just her daughter. And then all of a sudden, I mean, occasionally those sirens will go off and they have to go to the basement, but... Uh, what was it? Iraq started launching stuff that wasn't getting, like, without warning. Yeah. Like a missile, like, lands through the top of their condo building and doesn't explode. So it's, like, half in and half out. Holy crap. <clears throat> and it's, like, brings it's bad juju. Like, brings this, whatever their version of the, like, the... the curse or, yeah. like, bad luck or yeah. something. Yeah, and whatever. it's, like, is this real? Is it not? Like, all this weird stuff starts to happen and it kind of gets... You know, crazier and crazier as it goes on. It's really good. Um, I would say the Babadook is a little bit better, in my opinion, but it's very, the, very similar. Positive yeah. review on that. Not like a super horror movie, but if you liked Babadook, you'll definitely like this. Uh, got a lot going for it. I'd give that a, a heavy seven and a half as well. The Boy and the Beast. Oh, okay. It, actually, it was 2015. That's why it wasn't on this year. Yeah. yeah. But I've heard great things about this movie. I didn't hear about it much otherwise. Yeah, I hadn't heard about it, but interesting. There's always, anime is like, or animation in general is just like, there's always really good under the radar stuff. Yeah. And Oscars are actually to pretty decent at finding these under the radar uh, animated Yeah, movies. for sure. There's always like one or two of the nominees that I hadn't heard of. <laughs> yeah, it's a check weird thing. Uh, only a couple more things. Uh, Pride and Prejudice I watched. With okay. uh, Kieran Knightley from a long time ago. <laughs> Basically because I just needed background noise. I, I'll admit it wasn't getting my full attention, but from what I saw, it was okay. I mean, it's like what you would expect. Yeah. Well made. Uh, I'm not even going to give a score because I didn't really, uh, you know. I Fair mean, enough. I was watching it here and there, but it just was basically something I put on. So I didn't have complete silence while I was watching my son. Hmm. And I rewatched Superbad. Super bad? Yeah. Because nice. someone brought like brought it to my attention that it's actually 10 years old now. And I was like, that's crazy. Gotta watch it. It's on Netflix. <laughs> How's it hold up? Very well. Really? Still, I still love it, yeah. Maybe it's just nostalgia. I don't know. I but... forget which one I went back and watched, but I thought it, like, it's it was still good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I was like, wow, this is kind of old. 
Yeah, I still enjoyed it thoroughly. And then I rewatched The Edge of Seventeen so that my wife could watch it. I talked about it on the last episode, and my opinion stands firm. Nice. Yeah. How'd she like it? <laughs> she said, you said this was going to be the best comedy since Superbad. <laughs> and it wasn't even that funny. It was sad. I still liked it, but screw you. Wow. And I, and I was like, I didn't say it was as funny as Superbad. I said it. It might be, unless I'm forgetting something, the best teen sex comedy since Superbad. Not saying it's on the same level, or that it's as funny. <laughs> I just can't remember well, any, <laughs> any great ones since then. And this is really good. She's like, yeah, it's good, but it wasn't what I was expecting after you said it was better than Superbad. Like, I didn't say it was better than Superbad. <laughs> she just kept going. That's why she'll never appear on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's all I got. Um, I don't have anything else right now. Yeah. It's well, been like that. Stay right tuned. Now. We got a lot of good stuff coming up. The next episode, I'm particularly excited about. I don't want to say what it is. Don't want to jinx it. But stay tuned to your iTunes feed, yeah. which you can subscribe to under the Redbox Report. You can email us theredboxreport at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Redbox Report. I'm on Twitter at the Order Report. I'm on Twitter at the Red Box Reporter. Like us on Facebook. Or no, Red Box Reporter. <laughs> Jesus, I'm sorry. Joel. Yeah, like us on Facebook. And um, I know we promised a video game corner on the last episode as well. Well, we're just going to do a whole podcast dedicated to video games and try to integrate that more overall into what we do. So Yeah, it's going to be more of a natural progression. Yeah. You know, big rollout or yeah. whatnot. I but. think we'll have maybe once a month we'll do a full-on video game episode and... On regular episodes, we can talk about video games if we want to. Yeah. So, Whatever. if that interests you, there you go. If not, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, we'll to listen. <laughs> exactly. But let us know what you like. Yeah, let us know what you think. Give it a listen. Give us some feedback. And we'll talk to you later. See ya. She dreamt of dreams for you.